This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Hey, before we begin today's episode, I would like to give a shout out to one of our Baldhead Bible listeners. Her name is Sadie Vanderwill. I met her at 4th and 5th grade camp last week at East Iowa Bible Camp. And she came up to me and told me she loves listening to Baldhead Bible. And I told her I would give her a shout out. So well done, Sadie. And again, if you get your parents to send me your address um, at baldheadbible at gmail.com, I can send you a sticker, a Baldhead Bible sticker. Or maybe I'll send two. So uh, make sure to do that. I'm always thankful for the Bald Head Bible listeners to come up and say hi. That's always encouraging. And so, Sadie Vanderwill, welcome to the Bald Head Bible family, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Jehoshaphat! King Jehoshaphat! The messenger came running in and probably fell to his knees. He's exhausted and says, King Jehoshaphat! You can't believe it. There is a vast army ready to march against southern Israel. It's made up of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Meunites. And I've never really heard of the Meunites, but they're massed at the other end of the Dead Sea. And they're ready to come. And the spies say it's a vast army. It's huge. What are we going to do? Yes, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? People start crying out for help. What are we going to do? Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, you're probably thinking, who's this King Jehoshaphat? Last time I was listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast, we were looking at King Ahab and how he died. But who was he in battle with, right? King Jehoshaphat. See, King Jehoshaphat is the son of Asa, and he took over after Asa died and was probably co-regent with Asa for the last three years of his reign while Asa suffered from that foot disease. 
And the book of First Kings ends basically with a little bit of Jehoshaphat, but doesn't really go into much detail about him, except for that battle that he had when he united with Ahab, you know, against that Syrian king. Well, there's a more detail about his reign in Second Chronicles 17 through 20, and so that's what we're looking at. I just thought, you know what, we're going to pause, and we're going to look at this King Jehoshaphat mentioned in First Kings, and we're going to look at him in a little more detail, because this is an interesting guy. Now, how did we get here? He's about to be invaded by a vast army from the south. How did, how did we get here and who is he? Well, first of all, I want to say King Jehoshaphat was a good guy. He was good. He wanted to follow the Lord and he chose to follow the Lord. And the writer of First Kings and the Chronicler both agree that he chose to follow the Lord. He did what was good in the eyes of the Lord. He carried on the reforms of his dad, Asa. And one of the things that Jehoshaphat did was he began to teach the book of the law. He began to teach the Torah throughout the land. And he sent out teachers to teach the people from Genesis, from Exodus, from Leviticus, from Numbers, from Deuteronomy. He taught them from the law so they would have a better understanding of what God expected of them. I mean, you couldn't start any better than that. Now, one of the problems he had, of course, was he did align himself with this nasty northern king called Ahab, right? He should never have done that. So he wasn't perfect, but he was a king who sought the Lord. And he was a king who sought the heart of God. And like Asa, he had a heart that was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord as best he could. And it says that he carried on tearing down the high places. He removed the rest of the male cult prostitutes and some of the other nasty stuff dealing with the worship of Baal and Chemosh and Moloch. And he was wholeheartedly devoted to worshiping Yahweh. And he's carrying on the revival that was started under Asa and he's moving it forward. And it says that God blesses him greatly because of it. And he grows in wealth, and he begins to fortify his cities. And it says that the fear of the Lord comes upon the surrounding nations because they see the might of this king. And that's one of the reasons King Ahab wanted to connect with him and use him to help him fight the Syrian king was because he saw how powerful King Jehoshaphat was becoming. But still the Lord blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. Why? Because he chose God. Because he chose what to to follow the Lord. Because he chose to put God first. Well, once you start following the Lord, it doesn't always mean things are going to go great. It doesn't mean things are always going to go wonderful. Why? Because Satan doesn't like that. And he's going to do everything he can to stop you growing in the Lord, to stop you becoming more like him, to stop you from doing right. He's going to send stuff to discourage you. Well, like his dad Asa, Jehoshaphat, he was sent at this point 
a vast army that was out to destroy him. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to run and hide? Are you going to quake in fear? Are you going to maybe start worshiping the other gods to see if they can help you? No. Jehoshaphat, or I should say Jehoshaphat, he does what is right. You know what he chose to do? He immediately sought the Lord. That's what it says he did. He immediately sought the Lord. And not only that, he called for a national fast across all of Judah, across all of southern Israel. Now, a fast is essentially where you stop eating and you stop eating not to starve yourself, but so that you can devote yourself instead of eating for breakfast and eating for lunch and eating for supper. You say, I'm going to stop those activities and instead of eating, I'm going to devote myself to prayer. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to seek God's face. And he calls for a national fast. Not just the king and his family. He calls for all the people of Judah to ask for the Lord's help. And so they do that. And all of Judah began to observe a fast. And then he asked for all of Judah essentially, eventually to come and assemble. And they all came from various cities and they all came to probably Jerusalem to ask for the Lord's help. And here they are in Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat is standing before them. And and they're standing in front of the Lord's temple. Again, they are doing what's right. They're asking for the Lord's help. They're not trying to do stuff in their own strength. And he's getting the whole nation to do this. And they're standing before the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. All these people assembled from all these various cities all across Judah who have been fasting and praying, Lord, what are we going to do? And then it says in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that Jehoshaphat leads them in a prayer. And he begins to pray, O Lord, O Yahweh of our ancestors, you are the God who lives in heaven and rules over all the kingdoms of the nations. You possess strength and power. No one can stand against you. Our God, you drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it a permanent possession. And he begins to remember and relate about all the wonderful deeds that God had done for the people of Israel and how he had taken care of them in the past. And he says, we will cry out to you for help in our distress so that you will hear and deliver us. We call to you. We ask for your help. And he says, now the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the men from Mount Seir are coming, and the Meunites, and what are we going to do? And he begins to cry out and ask the Lord for help. Our God, will you not judge them? He asks for God to judge them, to send fire, to send destruction upon them. And he says, for we are powerless against this huge army that attacks us. We don't know what we should do. We look to you for help. I can imagine his cry echoing throughout the temple. We look to you for help. It says that the men and the families of Judah, they're standing before the Lord. 
and this vast assembly asking the Lord for help. And then out of this vast assembly as their heads are quiet and bowed and asking the Lord for help and seeking his guidance, it's quiet. And then Jack Haziel, the son of Zechariah, a Levite, he says, pay attention. He cries out. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he says, pay attention, all you people of Judah. This is what the Lord says to you. He had had a direct revelation from Yahweh to him. And he essentially says this, don't be afraid. Don't panic. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And I can imagine the minute he said that, woo, everybody starts applauding. He had a direct revelation from God. And then he says, tomorrow, I want you to march down. God says, march down against them as they come up the ascent of Ziz, which is this narrow ravine in this deserty part about 12 miles southwest of Jerusalem. And he says, and they basically are going to fight this battle in the desert region south of Jerusalem. And he says, I want you to meet them. Go down and meet them. But you must understand that you will not fight in this battle. I want you to take positions like you are going to fight. Line up. Have all the men line up. The warriors of Judah and Benjamin line up like they are going to fight. But guess what? You're not going to fight at all. Don't be afraid. Don't panic. The Lord is with you. And when Jehoshaphat hears that, he falls down to the ground. And he prays to the Lord. And he worships him. And so they're all excited. The Lord is going to fight it for him. They've just heard a direct revelation from God. But will they step out in faith and follow it? God's saying he'll take care of them, but will he actually do it? Well, early the next morning, they march out to that desert region where they're going to fight. And they line up ready to fight. You know, they have one line of soldiers, and then they have another line of soldiers, and then they have another line of soldiers. And Jehoshaphat is standing before him. It's the next day. And he says, listen to me, you people of Judah. Listen to me, residents of Jerusalem. Trust in the Lord your God. Trust in Yahweh and you will be safe. Trust in the Lord your God and you will be safe. Trust in the Lord your God and you will be safe. Those are great words for then and those are great words for today. Trust in the Lord your God. If you know the Lord is your Savior, if you say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm going to follow him the rest of my life, then you can claim that verse. Trust in the Lord your God, and you will be safe. I don't know if you're scared about the future, if you're scared what's going to happen. Maybe you're going to a new school in the fall. Maybe you're worried about your parents' marriage. You wonder what's going to happen there. Or maybe you're worried about your own marriage. Or maybe you're worried about a new job you're having to take. Or maybe you've just gotten some bad news from the doctor. 
trust in the Lord your God and you will be safe. And so he leads the people into battle with musicians playing before the Lord. They're playing great praise music. Great praise music honoring God. You know, and they start marching towards and, and these praise musicians and these singers and choralists and, and musicians are marching ahead of the warriors. And the song that they sing, it says in Second Chronicles, basically says this, give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the to Yahweh for his loyal love endures. And when they hear that song, they begin to shout and praise. I mean, what a way to start a battle. They begin to shout and praise before Yahweh and they start marching towards the battle because they could see the other army lined up across the valley, across the desert ahead of them. And it was vast and it was huge. And they're marching towards it with their smaller army and they're marching with music and singing. It's because their trust is in the Lord their God, not in their ability to fight. Not in their ability to actually win this battle in their own strength. Well, when the Lord hears, when they began to shout and praise, that's when the Lord, and it says in Second Chronicles 20, suddenly attacked. He suddenly attacked and he fought for them completely. They didn't have to raise a sword. They didn't have to go into battle. How did the Lord suddenly attack them? Well, it says that all of a sudden the Ammonites and the Moabites started attacking the Meunites and the men from Mount Seir. And then once they killed them, they started attacking each other. God totally messed with their head. And the guy next to him thought, oh no, what? That, that's an Israelite. How did he get over here? Ooh, sticks his spear in his side, kills him, and it's actually his friend, Fred, you know, and oh, there's another one, Oop. and then oh, he gets stabbed, and they're just fighting each other, the Lord totally confuses their brains, totally confuses what they can see, and totally wipes them out, and it says when the army of Israel finally gets there, finally gets to where they were supposed to fight, the other army had attacked and destroyed each other, completely and when they got there it said all they saw were dead bodies on the ground but they saw gold and silver and they found a huge amount of what the bible calls plunder stuff you could buy and sell stuff you'd want just laying around they had so much it took them three days to pick it all up it took them three days to carry away all the good plunder that was there I mean, there was so much. Again, it took them three days to haul it all off. And they assembled afterwards, after hauling off buckets of gold, buckets of silver, buckets of great spears, and maybe a sword, and maybe a, a chariot. After all that, on the fourth day, all of southern Israel gather in this valley of Berachah, which basically means the valley of blessing. It's also derived from this word to praise. 
And the author says to this very day, it's still named that so that we can remember this great event. And they all show up, the men of Judah and Jerusalem, and they return and they joyfully return to Jerusalem, singing praises to the Lord. And Jehoshaphat is at the front leading them all back. And they enter Jerusalem to the sound of stringed instruments and trumpets. Just as they went out to fight, they came back singing praise worshiping the Lord, singing music. And it says after this battle and after all the other surrounding countries heard what happened, all the kingdoms of the surrounding lands were afraid of Yahweh, were afraid of Israel and the God in particular. They were afraid of the God that he they served. It says that God gave him peace on every side during this time. Jehoshaphat becomes starts reigning at the age of 35. And he reigns for 25 years. And overall, he was a good king. And he did what was smart. What was the thing that he did what was smart? He relied on the Lord. Overall, he sought the Lord. Overall, he taught his people scripture. Overall, he removed the high places and removed the the altars that were to the other gods and got rid of Baal worship from the land. And in one of the greatest battles of his reign, he sought the Lord first. He depended upon God. I hope that's said of us, you know. Eventually Jehoshaphat passes away. And he did some stupid stuff, like he shouldn't have connected with Ahab in that battle. And then later on he built some ships because he's messing around with one of the northern kings of Israel he should have never been in league with. And then he married one of his sons to one of Ahab's daughters, which is going to come back to bite him later on, at least Jehoshaphat's son should never have connected with any of the kings of the north. That was one of his, I should say, big downfalls. He wasn't perfect. But overall, well done, Jehoshaphat. You sought the Lord. You carried on the reforms of your dad, Asa. And in one of the biggest battles of your life, you didn't even have to fight it. Because you sought the Lord first. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.